and welcome to episode six of the Living Imperfect podcast. This is Lisa and I am your host and I'm thrilled to have the opportunity for our next guest, Darian Hill, to share with you his obstacles as well as successes on his life journey. He talks a little bit about how perfection, it's, it's non-existent. And as a matter of fact, chasing the illusion of perfection only hinders us. So sit back and take a listen as Darian shares with you pieces of his journey on the imperfect road. Hello and welcome back to the Living Imperfect podcast. This is Lisa, your host, and I'm to have you connect with Darian Hill. He is the sixth guest of the year of the new decade. <laughs> and a couple of words that come to mind when I think of Darian are words like happy, books, fun, caring, life learner, smart, mindful, inspiring, coach, father, husband, and friend. That's all. (laughs) So without further ado, he is the internet marketing strategist. He is the owner of Smart Growth Marketing. Please welcome to the podcast, Darian Hill. Thank you so much for being with us, Darian. Man, man, I was, I was wondering if you're going to keep going with the list of adjectives. I could have. I love it. I love it. I love it. I was like, who's that guy? Who who's is that, that guy? guy? <laughs> that is you. Yes, welcome. And thank you for taking the time to connect with us in the Living Imperfect family. So tell everybody a little bit about yourself. Yeah, well, thank you so much. And I love the name of this podcast, Living Imperfect. Oh. Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> real talk. <laughs> real, t- real talk, real talk. And I think it's a great segue for, you know, my story because I yeah. would say mo- most of my life I've been chasing the illusion of perfection, mm. right? I love the way chasing, you said that. Yeah. Yeah, I've been chasing the illusion of perfection. I'm originally from the beautiful, beautiful Caribbean island of Antigua. Yes. And um, in 1996, um, I got a full scholarship to leave Antigua and come to the United States. Uh, So I started my college career in Murray State University, Kentucky. So you can imagine, you know, living in the Caribbean and going to a very small, small, small place in Kentucky called Murray. It's like five. Quite a shift. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It it was definitely a shift. um, But the right shift for me in terms of going to a smaller school, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I was I was always a love of people, love of love of culture. And so it was definitely uh, culture. (laughs) Sure. Culture shock, maybe? Culture shock? Yeah. A little little bit bit of shock, but I certainly embraced it. And Mm -hmm. uh, it it really gave me the space to really focus on my schoolwork. So I I ran track um, in high school. I was a junior champion in the 100 meters and the 200 meters. Um, You know, just had a great, great upbringing. Uh, Father, who was an entrepreneur, Mom was who was a teacher for over thirty years, uh, still in the teaching profession, and so you know had had great uh, individuals and mentors uh, as my parents. Um, 
But I will say growing up, though, in the Caribbean, it's one of those situations where, you know, you don't really, you have the parents there, but you don't really have that emotional connection. You know your parents love you, but you don't have that necessary emotional connection. Right. So, you know, but but when I was growing up, I didn't know that was missing. It's kind of like you growing up and the things are normal and you don't know, you don't know that you're missing something until you actually find out that you're missing something. Yeah. So, so, you know, as as I leave Antigua and I go to school, um, I got my marketing degree and I I graduated in 2000. Um, I, we moved down here, my, my, my wife and I, we moved down here to Orlando um and uh and then started a career you know started a career in in sales and and then eventually in 2004 started my first business and so through that time you know I've always been on the path of you know self-development I've always been on the path of of learning to improve myself to be the best um but it was always driven based upon um I would say fear. It was always driven based upon mm. trying to live into someone else's expectation. Sure. Um, because, because, because of the emotional uh, disconnection that I had with my family, it kind of left a void. The mm-hmm. void that it left was I was always chasing the approval of my parents. I was always chasing the approval of more specifically my dad. I get um, that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You get that, mm-hmm. right? I do. So, yeah. So, so, I mean, when you get older, you can, you can look back and see, you can see those things that happen in your life. In fact, I think it was Steve Jobs that says you can never connect the dots looking forward. You can only connect them looking backwards. Mm. So, yeah. So when I'm, I'm looking back on my life now, I can see those moments as that I'm really trying to win the approval and the, the void of not having that love and that affection there and how that literally affected my, my life and how I, went through life trying to either manipulate or speak, you know, create strategies for living so that I could, you know, feel some sense of fulfillment, feel some sure. sense of happiness, feel some sense sure. of, you know, my place in society. Yeah, even, it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Even, the, even though the truth is, the nasty truth of it, there's, there's a lot of insecurities. There was a lot mm-hmm. of feeling like I didn't matter. I wasn't smart enough. I wasn't good enough. That was there. Yeah. So, you know, so you talk about imperfect when you, when you, you know, when you're feeling that void inside and you try to live the illusion of perfection, right? You try to yeah. maintain this outer image, like everything is great when inside you feel like you are less than all the time. Absolutely. I yeah. actually, connect with what you're saying a million percent and I you know I mean you and I talk on the regular and I have said to you I always say to you I'll be 48 I always say to you it only took me 47 years to figure that out you know yeah and Mm -hmm. and I'm still trying to figure it out and and unlearning a lot of stuff and learning new ways to shift and love myself and empower so I, I definitely connect with you there i want to go back real quick when you were talking about going from antigua to kentucky and that's that in itself is such a shift in so many ways what what allowed for you to i don't know transition to Mm -hmm. to adapt to this kind of just new culture what what were things because how old were you were you in high school or no you were in college you were in college yeah I was in college so I mean the the transition from high school to college I was probably around you know 19 20 year old age yeah yeah 
Yeah. So what, yeah, what kind of tools is at 19, you know, we're still figuring stuff out, but what, like, what did you do to adapt and to this new kind of culture and just, just shift? There's a lot of shift yeah. going on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think I've always been someone who's pretty independent. Eh? So mm. um, because I grew up with a dad who was very demanding and, and in a good way, sure. um, and he was someone who always positioned me uh, in always doing things like I'm always working. I'm always either at his his place of business, learning the business. In fact, I was not supposed to stay here in the United States. I was supposed to go back to run the company. Mm. And so my dad was always positioning me in a leadership position, always positioning me sure. to be in sales. And so I think that developed a very independent um, mm-hmm. aspect of myself. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it developed a very outgoing aspect of myself and someone who knew how to talk to people, someone who you know knew how to you know, engage in conversation, knew how to, you know, not know anyone, but still just kind of bring myself to the table and let everybody know, hey, I'm here, you know, bring my energy sure. to the table. Sure. So I lo- so because of that, I think it allowed me to easily transition when I came to United States, more specifically Kentucky. But but what I did was I, I always would find people that uh, I had a similarity with. And I think as mm-hmm. people, we always do that. We look for affinity, right? Affinity. Yes. Groups. And yes. so- I remember the first time I came to college, they always do what we call a, you know, a freshman orientation. And in the right. freshman orientation, there was this guy uh, from Belize. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, because he was, Belize is considered a Caribbean, right. then there's a natural gravitation towards someone who has, you know, similar background, all right, or sure. has that affinity. So I sure. found other Caribbean people in, in college that I could associate with and connect with. And, uh, and that became the, the foundation for my relationships there in college, right? Right. And then, and then, of course, running track, then you form another family, which is your track family. And then sure. I found a very good friend by the name of Jerry Babbage, who, you know, he lived in Kentucky. He's from Kentucky. And so we formed almost like a brotherhood. It was like me and him. Nice. And yeah. uh, I kind of developed a brotherhood with him. So, you know, I was able to really adapt and form a family really fast because I wasn't afraid to talk to people. And I, I reached out, I connected, and I built relationships very, very fast. And so sure. I think that, that helped a lot with my transition in college. Yeah. I understand. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you, you seem like you're a natural and you've just always felt comfortable connecting with people. Is that, am I accurate by saying that? You just always kind of felt comfortable doing that? Yeah, I, you know, yeah. I, again, I, yeah, definitely, definitely. I think because part like of your I personality, said, yeah, part part of what my dad helped me to develop, yeah, it definitely right. translated very well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there's, a, I always think that there's such an advantage to being put into, you know, a situation like moving from Antigua to Kentucky, and for me, it was Hawaii to New York, and I mean, that was just like, like what? I went from an island to the city, and and then later to New England, and. I felt like it always, well, first I was mad at my parents because I didn't want to move. And, yeah. you know, after I get over that, there's such an advantage to being put in a place that where I, at first I didn't feel like I belonged. Mm-hmm. And what, and then you de- I developed tools to do that. Even though I was pretty outgoing, I still had to develop. There was a lot of things going on culture-wise, educational-wise. There's just so many different mm-hmm. things. And it has allowed for me to adapt now. Well, later in my adult life is like, I, I feel like I can go anywhere. I feel like yeah. I can go anywhere and just start connecting. So I always feel like that's such an asset. That's such a tool to be 
put in a situation like that, something like a culture shock or going from yeah. one environment to the next, you know, would you, what do you think about that? No, I think it's a principle of life where, right. you know, we, we need to have growth moments. We need mm. to have opportunities that allow us to grow, to stretch ourselves. Otherwise we'll stay in our comfort zone. Yeah. Right. So yeah. when you, when you, when your parents moved, it forced you to, learn new things, learn new ways of adapting, learn new ways of connecting yeah. with people, right? So it fostered that growth, that muscle. It's like going to the gym, right? If you want to work Yeah, it muscle, is a muscle. Absolutely. It's a muscle. And, and so, um, you know, growth comes with pain and we don't like pain. We, we, right. we, like, to stay, we like to stay very comfortable, but the only yes. way for us to be able to experience life and to be able to become more of the person we want to become, we got to have these growth opportunities. So you're absolutely right. Leaving Antigua, to come to the United States was a great experience and a growth opportunity for me, which, right. which, which really was a huge asset in my life. Um, and just like it was in yours as well. Yeah, absolutely. So with yeah. those growth opportunities, talk about some of the growth opportunities that you had in your first business in 2004. Oh, wow. Yeah. So yeah. That, that's, that's a great segue. <laughs> um, so, so like I mentioned before, I always knew that entrepreneurship was definitely going to be a path. Uh, that I would take um, because I was supposed to go back to run my dad's company. Sure. And as, as I, as I mentioned, when Davina and I moved down here from college, um, I got into sales. And then uh, in 2004, as you mentioned, I started my first business called eCard Solutions. Right. And, um, you know, I met up with this guy and we, we were in similar industry. So we said, let's, let's partner together. Let's do this thing. And so, we got an office suite in the downtown Kissimmee area. We started hiring sales agents um, and we were just doing very, very well. First year, we grew the business very fast. We were bringing on clients. And then um, we were doing so well that the local chamber of commerce actually rewarded us the new business of the year award, which was pretty substantial for our company at the time. A sure. young company. Yeah. Sure. So we're making strides in, in, in an environment, in a community that... Uh, you know, oftentimes it's very difficult to penetrate. So we did something sure. very well. And, uh, but, you know, after some time, you know, I noticed that my business partner, he uh, was getting a little distant and um, I come to find out he was doing some side deals. And okay. so, and so uh, eventually we had to have a conversation. This was like on a Friday. We right. sat down, had a conversation and talked about it. And uh, I left that conversation feeling hopeful that, you know, things were going to turn around. Right. Um, but uh, Monday morning when I walked into the office, um, I walked into a defining moment. Mm. And that defining moment was me literally walking to the office and seeing everything gone. Like the whole office was literally stripped. Wow. Um, yeah. Yeah. So in that moment, you know, it felt as though like someone just stabbed me in the gut. You know, it yeah. felt like someone of just course. pulled the rug under me. Of and course. so that be that became a transition moment for me because at that point in time, what I didn't realize that was going on with me is that as I was going to business, my identity was so tied up in the business, mm. right? My identity was tied up in the business. My identity was tied up in the money that I was making. You know, who I was was a success that I was having. And right. so, so as life was, as I was having these great successes, you know, I was getting lost. My identity was being identified in the success that I was having. Right. So you can, you can imagine as soon as I lost this business, you know, for me, mm. you know, it was a, it was a meltdown. It's sure. almost like a, I lost myself. 
Sure. And I, I remember going through moments of depression and I remember having suicidal thoughts. Yeah. And in, and in so many ways, I didn't think things were going to change. And so I literally locked myself away for a very long time. I uh, didn't want to go out and talk to people. I lost my confidence. I mean, everything, all of the pride that I had, it turned into shame because right. I'm thinking like, what are people going to, what are people thinking about me? And I, my mind was so caught up in that, that I continuously had these conversations over in my mind, during your failure, during your failure, during your mm. mess up, during your failure. And as you know, you know, what, 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 we, what we think about, we become, right? Absolutely. And so, and so I, I, I became the state of depression. I became the state of, mm-hmm. you know, um, just feeling hopeless. Right. And, um, but like I said, in those, de- in those defining moments, you know, things happen. The shift that happened for me was someone gave me the movie, The Secret. And mm-hmm. when, I wa- when I watched it, you know, it revealed to me what was happening, that my thoughts was becoming things, that I was responsible for getting me to that place of depression. And that, uh, you know, I literally had the ability to make the shifts that I needed to make just by changing the way I think. Yeah. And, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And first, you know, thank you for being so open about sharing the part about depression and suicidal yeah. thoughts because I, I think, uh, you know, a lot of times it's, it's a topic that we as humans can feel uncomfortable talking yeah. about out loud and, but it's, it's very real and, yeah. you know, we're, we're not alone, you know, there's, sure. so thank you for, for being so open about that. And, you know, what you say about the conversations in, in our heads, I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's so powerful and can overtake and limit and just push us down. And we have control over that. Yeah. And when you're in that downward spiral, though, you know, it's like, it's just, it's never ending. So how, how did you come back up? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, you know, it's like when, when you're going through the downward spiral, the conversation that you're having is, is really disempowering. Mm -hmm. So you're telling yourself how unworthy you are. You're telling yourself how right. you're your failure. You're focusing on everything that's wrong about yourself versus what's right about yourself, right? right. You know, they say, you know, where, wherever energy flows, you know, that's what grows. Absolutely. Okay? So my energy was focusing on everything that was wrong. Yeah. And so that's what grew in my life. Right. So the shift that I started to make was simply understanding that it's a principle. Mm-hmm. In the principle of energy that whatever, wherever my energy goes that way, that's what actually grows. So yeah. I simply started to make the shift of number one, investing in information books. I started reading books from Dr. Robert Anthony, Tony Robbins, um, Jim Rome. I started to go to conferences. Uh, I started reading books on psychology, quantum physics. Um, I started really studying psychology. And really understanding the mind and how the mind works. And I, I became so passionate about, you know, psychology and the mind and everything. And I started to see right. the correlation between the conversations I was having. And right. How I allowed that to literally get me into a state of being of depression. Right. And yeah. then once I started to make the shifts and change my language, yeah. change, my, change my environment, change the things that I was allowing to go into my ear gates and my eye gates, 
mm-hmm. um, then it start, then I started to take on a whole new state of being, right? That right. information started to seep into my subconscious mind, my unconscious mind. Um, and then all of a sudden, you know, things started to shift. I started to feel more hopeful. Right. I started to have regained my desire for life. I started sure. to, you know, see new opportunities for my next phase of my business, which is what I'm doing now in, in marketing, believe it right. or not. So, right. yeah. So all of those, and I know you, and I, yeah. I, I know that you truly live this, what you're saying. And at the same time, I want to go back to that point though. I mean, like, was that easy to start doing? I mean, like, so now you have all these tools, right? Yeah. And you're yeah. like, so yeah, now I'm just going to start doing it. Did it come that easy? Did it happen that easy? Not at all. Not at all. It okay. took me years. It took me years. Years. I think, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of times people think it's just like a, like a click and a switch. Yeah. And that's it. No, yeah. no, no, no. Because See, here's what you have to understand, Lisa. That defining moment gave me an opportunity to really dissect and look at my life, yeah. right? That, that moment where I you know, lost the business or went through that defining moment just allowed me to stop. It's, okay. it's an opportunity for me to stop and then look at my life. See, but for, for, at that time, I was probably maybe you know, late 20s. Yeah. And what that allowed me to do was to see for the past 20 something years, I was already in that very negative conversation. Yes. I was already planting seeds of not enough and not smart yes. enough for very And so you have to remember that I was just, my success that I was having was a compensation for feeling unworthy. Right. And that's what a lot of times, that's what we do a lot of times. We try to chase success to compensate or to cover up, right? Or to manipulate the truth and the nasty truth about how we are feeling mm, on the mm, inside, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. So, 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 so what that did for me was to allow me to really see with new eyes that shit for the past 28 years or whatever it was, this is what I've been doing to myself. Yeah. So now all of a sudden I get this information and to think that you're going to all, so, so let's, let me, let me use an analogy. Okay. So I've been planting these seeds for 28 years and I have grown this amazing tree of negativity, of unworthiness of, you know, you're not good enough. This is a huge tree that has been grown. And to think that you're all of a sudden going to one day, you know, when you've built this huge tree or, or you know, to change it, you know, uh, just in a moment, it doesn't happen because what you have to start doing is planting new seeds. And those new seeds are the words that you're planting into yourself, the emotions that you're feeling, you know, the new stories that you have to tell about who you are, you know, you have to keep surrounding yourself with that environment because here's what I, here's what I know. Here's what I know. Um, there's an old sage story of, of the two wolves, right? Mm. Um, there's a, there's a guy, there's a guy that goes to see his grandfather, and uh, he says to his grandfather, listen, this guy in the village, he did me wrong. I'm feeling this anger inside of myself. I want to do him really bad. I, you know, I want to revenge. Yeah. And he said, but, but at the same time, you know, I, you know, I know that it's wrong to think that way. I just kind of stopped myself from thinking this way. And so the grandfather said to him, he says, listen, son, I understand what you're going through. He said, you know, I, I, I've been through that myself. And I want to tell you what my, my dad told me many mm-hmm. years ago. Mm-hmm. He said, he said, my dad told me inside of us, there's two wolves. There's the dark wolf who is, uh, you know, always looking at the bad side of things. Sure. Always telling you what, what if, you know, he's uh, uh, insecure, mm-hmm. you know, always trying to, uh, you know, be right. Right. You know, 
And, and then you have the light wolf. The light wolf is benevolent. The light wolf is always looking at the greatness of all who you are. He's kind, loving, you know, supportive. And so these two wolves inside of you are fighting all the time. Yeah. Those, those two wolves are always fighting to dominate each other. Sure. And so, and so when, the, when the young man heard uh, his grandfather say that he asked the question, he said, hey, so if these two wolves are inside of you all the time, which wolf eventually wins? Mm-hmm. And the grandfather simply said, the wolf that wins is the wolf that you constantly feed. Yeah. And so, and so, and so it's like that all the time. There is, is always going to be a dark wolf and a light wolf inside of us. And so always. for me, for, for years, mm-hmm. I've been feeding that dark wolf, yes. and trying to compensate through life with external things. And, but, you know, the reality is there's a light wolf. And so I had to start to feed the light wolf inside of myself to make it stronger and bigger mm-hmm. and more mm-hmm. powerful so it could overcome that dark mm-hmm. wolf. Mm-hmm. But it, take, it takes time. Right. It takes time. It does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and talk about a defining moment. I was yeah. actually interviewing Kenna Grant and she was talking about those those moments in the dips, that defining moment, the moment where you pause and you truly acknowledge yeah. the the what needs to be shifted. And a lot of times we were talking about it's actually sometimes more comfortable to stay there because we've yeah we've lived in this cycle and we've lived in these this habit for so long that even though we know it's toxic it's still familiar and and to to really take the step out of that and to even just acknowledge it is huge so Mm -hmm. then comes the practice then comes the practice daily weekly, every second to allow the seeds to settle and grow. And, but it it is that defining, I believe it's that defining moment we can go, oh yeah. Because, you know, I feel like sometimes even in the defining moments when we're like, okay, I got to make a shift. It also sometimes means we got to face the music too sometimes like oh man i gotta deal with some stuff i was putting away for years and now now i gotta i gotta face the music so yeah i mean it's it's not an easy thing and you you mentioned surrounding yourself with knowledge with people environments and Mm -hmm. that uh, is key and it's important to constantly have that. And I, and I always say to you, you're one of like my five people. I have like five people, like my go-to people. And you're, you know, this, you're one of my people where I can just be like, okay, I need some, like a little bit of grounding. I need to touch base. And Mm -hmm. you're really good at doing that, Darian. You're really, really good at doing that. And it's, it's probably why you're so successful at what you do, you know, professionally and coaching as a mentor. And yeah. So, so tell us a a little bit about some of whether it be people, books, surroundings, what are some of the things that allow for you to keep evolving as a person? Got it. So, so no, so one thing is to really understand I've got to really understand life. And when I say understand, like how does life really work? And how do we, how do we go through life? I think we tell ourselves a, a number of lies 
<laughs> number one is that we can we can live life in this perfection like we can be perfect right there's there's right. no such thing right no. so right they, they will always have you know our up moments and we'll have down moments yeah. and i think um that's one of the things we got to get comfortable in, in life we have right. to dis- we have to be able to discipline our disappointments we have yeah. to be able to understand as we go through life the sun is going to rise and the sun is going to set right and and I think it's Winston Churchill who says that um, success is really going from failure to, fail- to failure to failure without losing enthusiasm. Mm. So, mm-hmm. so it's it's knowing that life is set up that way. That yeah. uh, you know everything that you look at, whether you look at the animal kingdom, you look at the plant kingdom, you look at just you know human nature, it's set up that way. And so, right. what it allows for you to is is to go through life understanding how life is set up. Okay. Yeah. And so for me, it's really getting clear on that about mm-hmm. what, how is life really set up? So I can go through life knowing I'm going to have what I call growth moments. I'm going to fail and failure just means feedback. And right. it's, it, it's the process of getting myself to be able to recognize that unconsciously. Cause I can say consciously, see, this is the thing. We can say a lot of things consciously, even when we yeah. read books or we go to conferences, we can say a lot of things. But when mm-hmm. we look at how we operate, that really tells the truth, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tells the truth. Yeah. So, facts. So, so it's, it's about that. Number one for me is, is really telling the truth about how life is set up and understanding what's going to happen so I can manage life expectations. I see. And then, and, and another thing is for me is, you know, one of the things that I didn't mention is one of the books I read was Dr. Rob Anthony's book called The Ultimate Secret of Self-Confidence. Mm-hmm. And this is where I got introduced to meditation. I remember the chapter. It was chapter 10. It's called Give Yourself a Break. And, you know, he taught me literally step by step how to start to meditate. Mm-hmm. And I started meditating. And that, those, that was one of the tools that really, really helped me yeah. to start to get in touch with uh, the higher source of who Darian Hill is, right? Really, yeah. really connect to myself. Right. And that has been that's been one of the best tools that I've used to be able to move through the journey of life. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, that's one of the things. So managing expectation of life and meditation have been two tools that have been really, really instrumental in my shift. Yeah, I, I get yeah. that, um, especially mm-hmm. the meditation. Meditation is probably the absolute best for me, the best life tool I have ever been gifted. And it's something that, and I feel like once, once you, you find it, it's just like this, and you just, you're just always in it, you know? And I I had all these expectations of what I thought meditation was going to be. And, oh, I just, I can't quiet the mind. And, and just all (laughs) of these expectations that have nothing to do with it really, you know? And then, you know, I stopped and put the ego inside and said, you know, why don't you just give us a shot? And it's, yeah, Yeah. it's it's absolutely life-changing, you know? And again, I I know how mindfully you live, Darian, and you've done this for many years. And like you were saying, um, failure means feedback, right? And I I like the way you said that. And can you also, you know... It, are there times, even though you have these tools and you know, you know what the practice is because you've been doing this for years, are there times that literally you're just like, you know what, this is too hard. 
I, yeah. I, I, I give up. Oh, okay. You so you're still human. Right? Oh. <laughs> you still you still have moments like that, right? Listen, listen, listen. That is one of the <laughs> that is one of, that's one of the other things that I manage to the expectation of life. And I call it my inner jerk. Okay. <laughs> I, I have I have what, what I call <laughs> an, an inner jerk. And sometimes my inner jerk comes out. Yeah. My inner jerk comes out in the way that I respond to someone who, you know, tries to, you know, mm-hmm. go against the inner jerk. Because the inner jerk is like the ego, right? The ego wants to be right. Yes. The ego, ego, you know, the ego always wants to look good. So if you make yes. me look bad, then I'm going to have to, you know, say something to you. Yeah. Right? <laughs> right. Right. If you try to disagree with me, of course, then we're going to get into a right so right. these are the these are just the ways of the human nature right the, the ego sure. nature and sure. my, what i what i coined the inner jerk and i realized that yeah i'm an asshole there yeah. gonna be times when i don't respond in a way that's sure. most appropriate to my higher self right. and, and, I, and 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 so yeah the humanity is about that humanity is about recognizing that again it's not about being perfect it's right. about acceptance I think yes. I've come to a place of accept of, of acceptance that yeah, there are going to be some things that I crave. There are going to be some things that mm-hmm. I see that I like, and there's going to be some things that you know, you know, moments of ego triggers sure. that I'm going to have, and I'm not going to act appropriately. But 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 the key is to be able to recognize mm-hmm. it and be able to be aware of it, and then make the necessary adjustments. Yeah, um, yeah. I I read yeah, something about absolutely. like you know. Um, you know, put, put your ego aside, get rid of your ego. However, it's working with your ego because the ego is always going to be there. You know, even if we have every mindful tool in the book, whatever that might mean, and we have it in front of us, we are human. And so instead of like trying to, I mean, that feels even so hard to like move the ego, (laughs) like totally out. So learning to coexist and to, live parallel with the ego, I, I find myself, I learned how to do that. And at times the ego takes over. It, it just happens, yeah. you know? And so here's the yeah. thing. So, so here's the thing, you know, you've heard this, like what you resist persists, right? Yeah. So, so trying to resist your ego nature creates tension, creates anxiety, sure. creates pressure. Right. And right. I know that too well, because again, as much as I know a lot of this stuff, I catch myself in moments of this tension. I catch myself in the moments of anxiety. Again, I'm not perfect. I, I just use the tools, but I'm just as imperfect and like everybody else, right? We, yeah. You have moments of still down, down time where you have a negative thinking and you have right. to pull yourself up. But here's the thing that I've, I've come to learn about the ego is that e- ego is, exists for a reason, yes. right? It, ex- it exists for a reason. Yes. And if you think of, if you look at how the brain operates, and I love studying the brain and the mind, mm-hmm. you know, in, in, the, in the ancient days, it was all about making sure your brain was all set up for your survival. Okay. So when the saber tooth title was changed, chasing you, you had all these certain chemicals that got in right. your body that allowed you to run fast and jump high and all this stuff. Right. So we don't have that kind of threat anymore. However, the brain has a way of creating what I call emotional threats. And so, you know, if you've had a situation in the past where somebody hurt you, okay, that creates a memory, that creates an impact, a, a, an emotion that stays in your body. And so what ends up happening is that 10 years from now, you meet somebody else 
and all of a sudden you see certain patterns or your brain is scanning sure. that particular person and it sees certain patterns and it yeah. reminds you of the past. Absolutely. And then guess what? It says, don't, no, don't, don't move forward. Don't do that. Don't talk to the person because right. you're going to, you're going to get hurt. Yes. And so, or, or you want to leave your job and, you know, start the business. The brain is going to look to see and scan. The ego is going to scan and say, well, you know, many years ago you made that investment and it didn't work out. Yeah. Or, you know, remember last time you tried that business and it didn't work out? You know, sure. don't do it. Don't do it. No, it's just, it's, all it's trying to do is to protect you from being hurt. Right. And that's what, that's what our mind's job is to do. Our mind's job is not to make us successful. Mm-hmm. Our mind's job is simply to protect us. And if we understand that, then you know that when you're at that moment, that defining moment of making a decision, when you're on that ledge to say jump or leap to make that big decision in your life that's going to help you to you know, move on to the next stage. When I had to move right. from Antigua to come to college, when you had to move from Hawaii to come to the mainland, yeah. those are moments of fear of what oh, is, yeah. right? Massive. Yeah. massive, they're massive. But that's the thing that you have to go through to be able to have growth. And if you understand that the mind is set up that way, then it makes it a little easier to transition to these moments because you know, hey, hey, brain, hey, mind, I see what you're doing. Thank you for sharing. You're making, right. me, sh- you're, you're making me nervous. <laughs> you're making me sweat it. You make me sweat. You have right. me have these stomach aches. You're making me have to run to the bathroom when I'm yeah. going to go up on the stage and speak. Right. right. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You know, you're right. You're right. And, huh? you know, there's all these tools in place and it yeah. doesn't take away the shit. Like nope. it doesn't. It allows us to go through it. It allows us to go through it with a little bit more ease or a little bit more. OK, there's there's an end at some point. Yeah. This is going to get better, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah, the, the tools are there to help us and guide us through it. And the more that I go through life, I pick up these tools and, you know, it, it does, it, it helps through the moments of challenge, through the dips in life that can come up literally at any moment yeah. And I'm, I am truly, truly, truly grateful um, for him. Even though it took me 47 years, it's fine. <laughs> it's okay. Better late than ever. Just get it. Just get inside. <laughs> yeah. Darian, what's something that most people do not know about you? Wow. That's a, mm. that's a great question. What is something that right? some people don't know about? Yeah. Me? And it's tough because you are, you're so transparent and authentic yeah. and like you, you know, but what's one thing, what's one thing that, that the people that know you would be surprised to hear about you? It could be anything. Huh. Yeah, you're right. That one is tough. That's a tough <laughs> one, right? It, 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 yeah. it is tough. It is tough. Yeah. Um, here, I'll, sh- I'll share a little story. I actually shared this on my other um, podcast. So I recently went on a leadership w- retreat with some coworkers and yeah. I am a pretty outgoing person. I'll talk to anybody. I like to have fun. And there were moments uh, actually. Okay. So I got back, we got back from the cruise and, and it was a cruise that we went on and we went and I had my one-on-one meeting and my, it was my boss. My boss was like, are, are you okay? Or were you okay on the cruise? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, you, you seemed different. And I said, well, here's something that most people don't know about me is that I really value my alone time. 
I really value my space. And I think that, you know, because my boss is my boss and he just sees me at work normally, you know, I think it was so surprising. And I think it's people who are really outgoing. I think maybe we're just expected to be like that all the time. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I just value my, my me alone time. So there were times that I took off and I was like, I'm going to just go on, sit on the deck by myself, you know? And, um, and it was taken like, is is everything okay? I was like, Oh no, I, I just, I, that's my recharge, you know? So, you know, something like that. What, what's something that, what's something I don't know about you, Darian? (laughs) What's something I don't know about you? (laughs) So here's here's the thing. I I was going to say the whole issue of validation, but man, you already know that. Mm. Um, I mean, I, you already know that. I think I think I'm gonna go to something that doesn't have to be so so deep, you know? Because yeah, I'm, it doesn't. I, it doesn't have to be so deep because no. I gen, I'm generally in that space, and sometimes I need to lighten up. I think I think that's the biggest thing. I think something I need to, you know, um, I think one one thing that people may not know is that I, I had a I had a real strong desire to become a pilot. I always, no I had a, way. Yeah, I um, and one of my favorite movies is Top Gun. Yeah, I wanted. I, I was. I love, love. You know, Top Gun, and I always Me wanted to too. fly the F sixteen. Yes. No, no. Here's here's a, here's a funny thing about that. Though. I'm afraid of flying. <laughs> what? <laughs> okay, so I know that's kind of weird, right? Because on one hand, please explain. <laughs> so let me tell you what happened to me when I fly. From since I was a little kid, literally, when I get in planes, and then you know, sometimes you have turbulence, the plane drops. Yes. My stomach literally like knots up like really bad. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's not fun for me. Even riding roller coasters is not fun for me. It's very painful because it just, okay. you know, yeah. So, so something about the drop just does something in my stomach and maybe it's my unconscious mind triggering some sort of fear. Yeah. Um, but, but I, but I, I just I have a fascination with jets. I have a fascination mm. with the F-16s and, the, and the, the thing about maybe speed. I always have a fascination yeah. with speed. Yeah. You know? And maybe and, it's there's like that facing the fear and just doing it. I and, don't and know. Right? Yeah. 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 Because I, and there's a correlation with me that, you know, we talk about jets and speed and, sure. um, you know, any anything of that sort. Like Superman is my favorite um, superhero. Mm, okay. and, and I I just get it just to get excited when I see him fly and I go he, he goes to like Mach 5 and stuff like that. Right? Yes. Like, yes. <laughs> I get <laughs> I get really excited about that stuff. Yeah, so I think, yeah. I think that's one thing that people don't know about me from the very light side that, you know, I always yes. want to be a pilot. However, you know, I still have a fear of flying. So that's kind of Yeah, weird. no, that's good. I didn't expect that. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. <laughs> so, Darian, what does 2020 look like for you personally and for yeah. your company? Yeah, for, personally, I will say this. The word from 2020 personally is detachment. Nice. Uh, det- detachment, detachment, yes. detachment. You know, um, I was talk about to- that. Talk about yeah. that because you know, detachment is actually something I learned about within the past year, and it, it, I, it was, I've, I've heard the word before, but really understood what detachment was about. So, yeah. can you just talk about that, just for maybe people who are hearing this for the first time? No, absolutely. You know, um, there's a great guy that I listen to. He's passed away now. Um, very, very old teacher. Yes. His name is, his name is Anthony DeMello. Okay. And, and in one of Anthony's DeMello's sermon, he talks about Buddha. And Buddha shared this quote 
that says the world is full of suffering, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. And the reason for the suffering is because of desire. Right. Now, now, now when you think about it, you're like, desire? Well, but I have a, if I don't have a desire, then I can't do anything in life. I must have some right. sort of desire. Sure. But when he, when he says this desire, he's saying the desire upon which my happiness depends. So right. meaning that a lot of us are saying that, hey, when this happens, I'll be happy. When, right. when, when this particular, uh, this particular person comes into my life, then I'll be happy. When right. I, when I make the million dollars, then I'll be happy. So sure. he's saying that we're suffering because we are linking our happiness to a desire. Yes. The world is full of sorrow and the, the root of that sorrow is desire. Mm-hmm. And the uprooting, uprooting of that sorrow, the uprooting of that sorrow is to uproot the attachment that we have. We have to uproot the attachment we have to saying that our happiness, our fulfillment is based upon the attainment of something. Yeah. So, so, so to detach means to detach means to say to ourself, I don't need anything to be happy. Mm-hmm. I don't, I, I don't have any pressure in things working out the way that I think it's supposed to work out so that I can be happy. No, there I can be happy. I, I can be happy right now. And I'm gonna life, I'm gonna allow life to unfold the way it's supposed to unfold, allow the lessons to come to me the way they're supposed to come to me, so that I can feel more fulfilled as I go through life. I can enjoy the journey versus living in a state of anxiety, living in a state of pressure, living in a state of just depression all the time because we're suffering. Right? Yeah. We're suffering yeah. because because something has to happen for me to have happiness. That's right. what that's what detachment is all about. To remove ourselves from saying, "Hey, if this happens, this controls my happiness." Yeah, yeah. I heard detachment was something that was introduced to me about two years ago mm. when I started doing meditation at the Buddhist Center here in Orlando, and yeah. I. I couldn't grasp it right away. And then the more I, I went to the Buddhist center and meditation and with the different Dharma, I, I really got a hold of it. And it's, it's powerful when this is practiced detachment and it is a practice like, like any other uh, mindful habit that's created. So I, that's, that's exciting. That's exciting that that's your word for that surprised me actually. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that did. That's my word. That's my word personally yeah. uh, for, my, for my life, because like I said, I'm still in the journey of letting go of arriving at something so mm-hmm. that I can be happy. Oh, my gosh. That's really powerful what you just said. Yeah. And I I used to also have that thinking where like I there's a there's a final there's a, an arrival place mm-hmm. where, OK, yeah, now I've gotten everything I need, but they're they're really isn't you that's keep the going that's it is an illusion yeah just that's like illusion. chasing the illusion of perfection it's yes. it's in the there's perfect doesn't exist it's it just illusion. doesn't it is an illusion yeah so and, and, 20 and, yeah go ahead go ahead, go ahead no say, no i was gonna say and if you think of one example is like you know when you have a car let's say there's a car that you've always wanted right yeah and you've worked hard all these years and you finally get the car. Maybe that for the first month, you're like, oh my gosh, I'm in heaven, Nirvana. Sure. And then after a while, you know, the car just becomes another part of life. And then you're looking yeah. forward to the next car that you're going to buy. Right. right? And, and, yep. then, and then 
And then this car becomes the dissatisfaction of your life now. The one that you mm-hmm. used to crave, the one that you used to yes. love becomes the dissatisfaction. <laughs> oh, it's too old. It doesn't have the best paint job. Yeah. I got to get the new one. That's the yeah. illusion. That's it the is illusion. an illusion. Oh, yeah. So yeah. personally, 2020, yeah. your words attachment. Yeah. And then what about professionally? What's going on there? Yeah. So professionally, I'm, I'm making some shifts right now. It's funny you mentioned yeah. something very, very early on in your discussion where you say that I'm very good at being able to, you know, coach people mm-hmm. and, um, you know, be more in tune with people from a personal development standpoint. And what a shift that's happening to me, Lisa, is that I'm, I'm, I'm moving more in that direction with my business. Good. Right now, I, I focus a lot on the done for you work, which is fine. So I help my clients and I take over, my team takes over doing the work for my clients so they can get results, sales, clients, things like that. Mm-hmm. But there is a huge enjoyment and satisfaction when I'm with someone and I can teach them what I know. Um, when I can share my knowledge and watch them implement it and see themselves blossom and flourish, right? Yes. And and also for a long time, so, you know, the other aspects has been pulling at me. And I, I don't know if it's life coaching or what is it, what it, what it mm-hmm. looks like. Mm-hmm. But there's an aspect of myself of being able to help people move past a lot of the limitations and the, the thinking that holds them back and, you yeah. know, allowing them, learn themselves to embrace themselves and love themselves sure. with all the imperfections and all that stuff. Yes. Because that's the journey I'm going through as well. And so there's, there's a little bit of that shift going on too. And I can't tell you what it looks like yet, but I know that, you know, when it happens, you'll be the first to know. Yes. I was like, I better be one of the first. Well, Davina's probably first. I know. (laughs) I hope I'm somewhere in the right. Yeah, no, I, that definitely, I mean, I feel like you already do that. And the fact that you want to put more of a focus and emphasis on doing that daring is really exciting. So I I can't wait to see it and to watch and, and be alongside you on that journey. So that's really, really exciting. So let's just say the Living in Perfect family wants to connect with you further. Which platforms can we connect with you on social media, website, name them all? Yeah, absolutely. So you can certainly reach me on Facebook. Uh, personally connect with me, uh, facebook.com forward slash Darian.Hill. Okay. And my first name is spelled D-A-R-I-E-N because I know with the accent, people hear a V, it's action R. Okay. <laughs> so... <laughs> It's D-A-R-I-E-N dot Hill. Yes. And um, you can also connect with me on Instagram. That's at Darian Hill. And my website is smartgrowthmarketing.com. That's smartgrowthmarketing.com. And uh, yeah, reach out, connect with me. Um, you know, if you're an entrepreneur who's looking to uh, grow your business uh, and you want to be able to leverage social media ads and Facebook, Instagram more effectively, uh, then certainly I can support you on on doing that. Absolutely. Uh, I've worked with Darian for years. I've I've known you personally, Darian. We're friends and you've helped me on the business side of things as well. And he's amazing, everybody. So yeah, connect with him some way, somehow on one of the platforms. Thank you, Darian. You are really an amazing human being. And I, I'm, I have so much gratitude for the connection that you and I continue to have through the years. I'm really grateful for that. And I just really thank you for taking the time to share your story, to be so honest and open and allow others to be able 
to connect with you. So thank you so much for taking the time to be with us. No, I, I'm truly honored uh, that you gave me an opportunity to share, you know, my gift of value with the listeners. You know, this is, it's an honor and it's a blessing to do so. And I, I certainly appreciate it very much. Thank you so much, Lisa. Absolutely, Darian. Thank you so much. And we will catch up with you again real soon. Okay. Yes. Yes. All right. Take care. Take care. Take care. Okay. Bye-bye.